Welcome back to another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, which provides management, publicity, and related services. I hope you've been listening the last several weeks to know about the announcement I made about a new resource that I had launched. I will give those details again later in this episode, just in case. I had also mentioned that I had initially made this announcement in the weekly e-newsletter that gets sent out every Wednesday. If you're not on the list for the weekly e-newsletter, head to the show website, nhte.net, and pop in your email address so that you start receiving that. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player, and actress whose newest single was released in July. At one point in her career, she was signed to Universal Records, and she has performed in locations such as Nashville, as well as South by Southwest, and even the famous Hotel Cafe in Los Angeles. At the start of her music career, her debut album climbed to number one on the iTunes singer-songwriter chart, and nowadays she has more than 51,000 monthly listeners on Spotify alone. You've been hearing a song of hers called What Good Is Love? Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Skylar Fisk. Hey, Bruce. Hey, guys. Hi, Skylar. Great to have you on the show. Thanks for making time for this. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you bet. You bet. Oh, yeah. Let's, of course, have you start off by telling the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called What Good Is Love, especially since I was talking over it and they couldn't hear the lyrics, unfortunately. Yeah, What Good Is Love is um, is a song that I wrote um, that was on my second record, my second full-length record called Blue Ribbon Winner. And that song is, is probably my favorite song to play live. Um, I just, I feel like every time I play it, I like connect with it emotionally in a, in a different way. That, that seems strange, but it's just one of those songs that I just lyrically, I don't know, connect with over and over again. Um, you know, I feel like there's this sort of through line in a lot of my songs that involve love and longing. And um, I would say that this song sort of walks that line of like being sort of like a love song, but also um really a song about longing and and the idea of like you know what's the point of love if if you my love aren't there to to give it to you know mm. what is the point so so anyway yeah it's one of my it's one of my favorites and we we I got to make a music video um for it with the amazing Sam Jones um many years ago and um and it was just a really cool experience. It's a really beautiful video. And um, so, yeah. Was that song written by yourself or was that a co-write? That one was a co-write. Um, it was with this guy named Dave Bassett, a wonderful writer who actually produced my first record, um, The Good Stuff. And we wrote a ton of songs together on that record. And then I was getting all my songs together for my second record. And I was like, I should at least write one song with Dave and try and see if I can get some time in with him. And we got in and we just, I love him so much and we have a lot of history. So we, we just, uh, I had an idea for the song and we wrote it in 
like, I don't know, something crazy, like 20 minutes, you know, wow. kind of came out. Wow. Yeah. Which I feel like a lot of my songs tend to do. They come out fast? Yeah. They come out fast or, or they never get finished. <laughs> <laughs> but to what do you attribute that success to being able to write them so quickly? Inspiration. I think when the inspiration hits, you know, it's like, it's like I'm on fire. It's like, I just, I have to get it out. Mm. And then there'll be like long stretches of time where I'll sit down to write and I'm just like, Oh, I can't, maybe I, maybe I just am dried up. Maybe I can't do it anymore. And then I'll feel this inspiration. It'll hit me, um, unexpectedly. And then like, it'll be a really fruitful period. You know, like usually it happens in chunks of time, like a week or a couple of weeks. I'll be like really writing a lot. And then you know, and then nothing for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but on a related note, though, talking about inspiration, I loved that when you talked about what good is love, you said that every time you perform it live, you kind of get this feeling all over again of excitement and of real enjoyment and real satisfaction with the song itself. Because when you write enough songs over the years, eventually it's just kind of a law of averages. You're going to get some that even though they'll be published, they'll be released on an album or an EP or whatever is the case. You just kind of look back and you go, ah, eh, you know, maybe it isn't my favorite song in my catalog. Maybe it isn't my best one. And so it's so refreshing to hear an artist reconnecting with an older song of theirs and saying that still to this day, it's something that I'm still really proud of and I still really enjoy playing. Right. Yeah. I have a real visual thing with that song. Like there's a story in my head and it's, you know, it's in the, it's in the lyrics. Um, but it's just like, I have like this visual, like it starts out at this like kind of almost seaside carnival, um, there's this place in, in California, there was a carnival in Malibu that I would go to every now and then. And, and I just have this visual of this sort of like starting out there. And it's just sort of fun to like, when I'm singing it, I can, I, I can tap into the visual of it and sort of get lost in it that way, which is wow. nice. Wow. Um, yeah. So. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So help me through this here because you mentioned a music video for it and I'm all about helping my guests promote, and at the end of today's episode, we're going to talk about your new single that came out in July, and I was looking on YouTube to see if there was a video for it, but where I need your help is, I saw lots of videos of you, say, performing, for example, and you mentioned that there's a video for What Good Is Love, mm -hmm. but there's one of those entries for Skylar Fisk, like, as a topic. I couldn't find an official YouTube channel for you. Is that correct, or did I not look hard enough? I, you know what, I, I don't know if I do have a YouTube channel. I might have one, but I've never maybe posted anything on it. Um, I, technology is not my strong suit. I'll be the first <laughs> to admit that. But, um, but I, I am, I try to be present on Instagram and, um, just as far as updates on my website, um, on my website, skylarfisk.com, my, my, uh, my, my video is linked on there. I think on, I think it's like a tab that says, I don't know, videos or media or something like that. Okay. Okay. But yeah, so there's a real, a real, um, video for that. And I don't have, um, any videos yet for this upcoming record, but 
I got my work cut out for me, don't I? <laughs> All the more reason for the listeners <laughs> to continue to follow you, as I always like to say. So the new song of yours that I'm going to play at the end of today's episode will be on your next album, which will be titled We Could Be All Right. What can you share at this time about that project, meaning what stage is it at in terms of writing or recording, mixing, mastering, those types of things? And for that matter, how many songs will be on it? When will it come out? So it is done. It is totally done. It is recorded, mixed, mastered, wow. the whole shebang. Um, there are 10 songs on it. And um, it is, I am so excited to share this record with everyone. You know, it's funny when you make something, um, especially in a bubble and especially during a pandemic, you, you forget that, that music is well, I forgot sort of that it's like meant to be shared, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, this is my music. It's, I'm, you know, I'm hearing it every day, but like, whatever, you know, you just, I, I just kind of forget that it's something that I can share and it can, that other people can experience it. And so it's been a really cool thing. Like once the first, once East side was released, it was like, people were writing me saying, Oh, this is beautiful. Like, I'm so like, this is great. I love this. I can't wait for the record. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Like, this is cool. Wow. I'm getting like, people are hearing it. It's just, I almost forgot about that part of it, but, um, but yeah, and we could be all right. The title comes actually from a line in the song East side. And I just feel like it's sort of a theme of the record in general. It's, it almost is a pretty, I don't know, melancholy record. Um, but I think that ultimately like the vibe is that we can sort of, we are going to be okay. And um, there's a lot of like in, in the art, there's a lot of these throwback pictures of me as a kid. And I think with mm. this record and with these songs, I sort of thought a lot about that, like innocence loss, you know, when you're a kid and you think about your life and what it's going to be and how sort of you just sort of think about all the like beautiful moments. You don't think about all the hard times and the heartache and the, mm. you know, trials and tribulations of what life is going to bring mm -hmm. and um and then of course that happens and then um and then you write a song about it no there was just this like <laughs> right right uh i was just looking at these old pictures of myself as a kid going like god if i only knew then all that all that life can throw you you know and uh i just sort of liked that i don't know thinking of it sort of through the eyes of this innocence lost thing anyway but, you know, I want to jump in for a minute because when you described that you forgot that this music was something that would be shared with everyone, what that told me, Skylar, is how into the project you were and maybe what an escape it was for you and that you were just so, so focused on just your music that it's like, aha, my music this is what I do, and you do forget that this is something that I'm actually here recording to be released to the unwashed masses. Right, and so right. it really kind of shows a intimate relationship that you have with the music and with the project that all you were thinking about was just getting lost in your music and not the fact that, okay, this has to be a perfect take now because this is going on tape, quote-unquote, mm -hmm. and this is going to be released, and are people going to like it? To me, I'm taking my hat off to you, and I'm going a long way to compliment you that you were so lost in the music in a good way that you actually did kind of put aside the fact that, oh, I'm recording something here to be released. 
Yeah. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, it was fun getting lost in it. And, you know, it's been so long since I've put like a full record out that, um, that yeah, it just, it just almost felt like an exercise, you know, just like a fun thing I got to do. It's just exciting to record and have these songs like, you know, forever on, on, uh, on tape, I guess. It's not tape, it's, you know, digital. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But I think I heard you say something in there about the pandemic. So when was this done? Where was this done? Who worked with you on it? So this was done, I mean, gosh, you know, I feel like I've been writing this record since for the last, you know, 10 years, really. Mm. Um, And just sort of, I mean, I've, I've been writing with the hopes of making another record for all these years, but just, I don't know, it never felt like I never, it wasn't until this, particular group of songs came out of me that I was like, okay, now this is a record we need to make, you know, like I'm ready to record this. Mm. Um, so, so yeah, I feel like it's like a sort of been working on it for like forever, but, um, but then it was sort of like, you know, we recorded it sort of in fits and spurts. So we were, um, sort of, well, some of it was done at home, obviously during the pandemic and some of it was done, um, we recorded some of it sort of before the pandemic um, hit in California in a beautiful studio called Doghouse, um, which was Glenn Fry's um, studio. Mm. Um, and our good friend, Matt Shiner, who was the engineer there, um, he would kind of like let us know whenever they had like a cancellation or when there was like an off time we could get in there and we were just sort of like, we would just take whatever time we could get. You know, <laughs> it was just such a great studio, you know, and it was, it was booked so, so, um, solidly. So we would just sort of like get in whenever we could and get as much done as we could. So anyway, it, that also made it kind of take longer, but it was sort of nice because we got to sit with the songs and with the record, what we were doing mm-hmm. a little bit before it was all done. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I did a lot of the singing here or not a lot of it, but you know, some of it here in Virginia and, um, but I, uh, made the record with Colin Killily, who is a amazing, uh, producer, uh, multi-instrumentalist, um, he his background is in jazz, but he's toured with um, Albert Hammond Jr. from The Strokes. That's his guitar player for many years, and just he 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 brings a different I don't know energy to my music, and so it was really really fun collaborating with him on this. And I feel like this music and the way it's expressed in the recordings is sort of. I don't know, more me than anything I've ever done. It's more realized. Wow. wow. Um, and, um, yeah. And then I had a lot of, um, a lot of just my, my friends, the people that I love to play with and, um, play on it. Uh, let's see. Um, Sarah Singh played some drums. Colin played most of the instruments. Um, why not Jansfeld? Uh, who I've toured with a lot and played with a lot. He plays bass, but he he's mastering now. So he did he mastered the record. And my good friend Curtis Fye, another amazing bass player, he mixed the the record. And you know all of this was done remotely because of you know COVID. Mm. Um, and let's see who else was a part of it. Well, Matt Shiner, 
who's incredible. Um, I like that you described the the sitting around waiting for studio time to be available because it conjured up images for me of watching the old 1960s Batman TV show where all of a sudden you'd see them spring into action and slide down the bat pole and jump into the Batmobile to hurry up and take off. Like, okay, Skylar, we got like 90 minutes available in the studio. Get right over here and boom, before you know it, you're in there. And then you kind of exhale and say... Okay, we're here, but now I just need to leave behind the rushing around and just be be focused right, on the music. Right, right. Now just relax and be normal. Yeah. Yeah. So when is this album going to be released? So um, I don't have a, a solid date yet, but um, this fall is the plan. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to release a couple other singles first, uh, um, and then and then put the record out. I'm so excited. It's been so long. I'm like, you know, I've like kept it to myself. I'm like, okay, I can give you one little song. I can, I can like, <laughs> it's, it's almost like for my own, like, I don't know, my own self, my own needs to like just put a little bit out there and then a little bit out there and then I can finally like be ready to put out the record. Well, but you know, I think what I hear you describing is songwriters always refer to their songs as babies. And so it's all this time that you have sat and held your babies in your arms and now the baby is about done with the crawling stage and about ready to walk and you're saying, oh, it's kind of bittersweet, but I've got to let the baby walk and so here it is. I've trickled out a song or two and and it's going to be time where I'm going to have to let the baby walk and say okay everybody can everybody can wrap their arms around this full album of mine now yeah that's really what it feels like it's a funny thing but um but yeah I'm I'm attached to it and and it's because it's just sort of been mine you know yeah I can and, tell. and certain family members that have heard it but um but yeah it's it's exciting. It's really exciting, and it's a little scary. To put it out. You know, it's it's so much of me in it. You know, it's just like I'm just sort of opening myself up. Like, here's what I've here's my last decade. You know, of, <laughs> of things that have gone on in my brain. It's funny that you've been talking about this time that has gone by and the years that have gone by because for those listening that are just getting to know Skylar, a pretty notable discography actually past albums. The Good Stuff, Blue Ribbon Winner, a holiday album called Sounds of the Holiday, and even an album under your side project band's moniker FM Radio called Out of the Blue. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. And, and you know, mind you, this is someone we'll talk later, but this is someone who's also acting all along the way, too. And so you're talking about this new album of yours as though, you know, well, it's it's long overdue. Well, maybe the songs themselves are, but it's not like you've you know it's not like this is your first album ever or your first one in you know 10 years kind of thing right yeah you're right any of those albums that that you want to spotlight before we move on just for anyone maybe who's just being introduced to you for the first time we've been blessed to get listeners from 155 countries around the world and there's going to be people who are going to say i'd like to know about some of her older stuff i'll check out the new thing when it comes out but what can i hear now what 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 does she recommend what does she like what 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 do these other projects mean to her yeah well i have one one song that was um released a few years ago called restless heart which was a collaboration with um a wonderful wonderful songwriter and singer and friend of mine carl anderson and he lives in nashville and I'm just such a huge fan of his voice and he um we got to tour together um a good bit after the, or right around when this 
that song was released and we just had so much fun and I'm so proud of that song, Restless Heart. And um, I just think it's sort of got this, I don't know, it's got some some like sort of gravitas to it that, that I can't sort of explain, but I just, um, I feel I'm really proud of that. So I would definitely say to check that out. And, um, you know, I also really, I'm a sucker for Christmas music. I love the holiday. I love when that comes around and <laughs> I know we're sort of off season now, but, um, but I have, you know, a little collection now of, of holiday songs, not just my, the holiday record I put out, but then we did a, um, actually another collaboration with Colin Killey who produced my upcoming record, but, um, we did a holiday song, um, deck the halls. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's like a, a new take on an old classic, I guess. Mm. And we added like an, uh, an extra part to it that didn't exist before. And ah. it just sounds super different and sort of fresh and fun. And I'm proud of that too. So I don't know. I would probably say maybe check that out or maybe just tag it for when the holidays roll yeah. around again. Yeah. Cool. Cool. I like it. What about, writing songs for a film soundtrack like you did for The Last Kiss and Dear John. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things to do because it's um it's just like a little challenge. I I really like sort of a challenge. I like it when people are like, Can you you know I don't know, I just I, I, I love I love it when I'm I'm trying to create something for someone else's project I love that collaboration you know like my yeah I don't know so um I've had a lot of fun doing that and I'm um I'm still doing I'm doing it for a a project that I have coming up an acting project in the winter and that's been really fun and it's just a nice little I don't know challenge I guess well Help me through this because what I'm assuming, and that's always a bad word, what I'm assuming is that there's a music supervisor who's working with you that's saying, I need a song that fits this scene, it fits this mood, it's this tempo, etc., this genre, and so you're writing to that as opposed to just writing your own original material, which is I can write whatever I want. Am I correct on that, or does some of that need to be tweaked a little bit in terms of what I described in the process and working with a music supervisor, probably? I mean, it happens a lot of different ways, and, you know, I had my my side project called FM Radio that you mentioned earlier. Um, We did a ton of this, and it was was really fun. Um, My partner on that is named Tim Myers, and basically we were just you know, we got a placement, we, we had written one song together and, and a music supervisor heard it and they put it in um, a TV show. And then that TV show was like, we need more of this. Oh. Can you, they would send us like, uh, you know, a little kind of like write up of a scene or like the vibe of a song they wanted or like something they wanted the theme to be of the song. So mm-hmm. we could kind of make it our own to a point, but we would have sort of these like, you know, points that we needed to hit and so that was just it was like a fun little um challenge to use your word from before yeah 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 and um but then sometimes it's like you know i don't know it's happened a lot of different ways like they'll screen a film for me and say we need a we need a um, a song for this particular moment and so yeah you try and like take your your a little creative license and making it your own thing but also like 
making it work like thematically in the scene and what's going on with those characters. And then sometimes, um, you know, there's been a couple of times that I've written for movies that I've been in. And so it's been like from the perspective of my character. Mm. And that's been interesting too, because it's like, you know, and a lot of times I, I write a lot about my own personal experience, but then sometimes it's not always about me. It's about like, I'm writing from the perspective of someone different. Yeah. And, um, and so I like, I like that because it kind of gets me a little bit more out of my own head and a little bit more in like this kind of, I don't know, creative, a different creative lane, I guess. So, yeah. It's almost yeah. like a songwriter that is writing for other people's projects and not to put on their own album or their own EP. And in this case, like you say, it mm-hmm. challenges you, but in a way that helps your creativity and you say, okay, I know I can do this. It's just, I have to come at it from a different direction than I would if I was just writing it for my own album or EP. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what is, or what was me and my brother music? Me and my brother that, so that was, I talked, I mentioned that song restless heart that I did with my friend, Carl Anderson. So when, when that song, we wrote that song together and recorded it with our friend, Sam Wilson, um, who's an amazing musician in his own right. And we all went on tour together for like, I don't know, a good year. And over the course of that tour, we just started writing and, you know, our individual sets on the tour became one set. We were singing harmonies and singing on other, all of each other's songs. And we were singing songs, new songs that we had written on tour together and, Mm -hmm we before we knew it we had like you know a whole record of songs mm-hmm. and um so we started touring under a name which became me and my brother um and we still have a whole record of songs that we need to record but we wow. just haven't yet because we all sort of had these our solo records that we had all been writing and were ready to record. And so we were like, okay, let's finish our solo records, get those out. And then let's reconvene and, and do this record. Um, so that's sort of the plan. Awesome. Awesome. <clears throat> so I'm gonna get this record out and then we'll, we'll get back in the studio when it's safe. <laughs> and that's, you're saying that's in addition to FM radio, which is another side project. Band. Yes. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Yeah. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Virginia by singer, songwriter, guitar player, and actress Skylar Fisk. Visit her official website at SkylarFisk.com. I will have a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. She is very much on social media, too. Follow Skylar on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Plus, as you heard me say back in the intro, she currently has more than 51,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, so do certainly follow her on there, too. However, the better way to support Skylar is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes and other online digital retailers. Be sure to keep up with Skylar online so you can see updates on the new album you heard her talking about that will be titled, We Could Be All Right. Everybody wants to get interviewed nowadays on podcasts, on TV shows, on radio shows. The list goes on. With COVID and doing stuff remotely, everyone wants to just sit at home and get booked everywhere to sit and do interviews from the comfort of their own home. Mm -hmm. The bottom line here, though, is making those opportunities worth your while. The whole idea of getting interviewed is because you have something to promote, right? Music, a book, coaching sessions, a movie, a business, a product, a service. So how do you maximize those interviews so that you actually see results from them? There is a brand new website that I have launched called interviewtipscourse.com. 
Getting booked for one or more interviews is only half the work. In this course that I've launched, I'm giving you close to 30 tips to maximize the opportunities so you get results from being interviewed. And I've even included a module that has more than 15 different sources that can be used to get leads to potentially get more guest bookings. It's all online, so you go at your own pace with the videos as well as corresponding handouts in convenient downloadable PDF documents. Go to interviewtipscourse.com to get started so that you can start benefiting more from being a guest on the shows you get booked on. Skylar, back in the intro, I mentioned some of the places that you have performed. What's it like touring in Japan and or touring with mm-hmm. Cheryl Crow? Well, both are pretty awesome. <laughs> I I mean, Japan is my favorite place I've ever been. I just... Mm. You know, I just love the, their culture so much. The people were so lovely. Um, it was just a really fun experience, and um, people were really respectful. Mm. And um, and the food was just like out of the world. <laughs> um, so yeah, I had I I loved touring in Japan. I would love to go back. It was one of those places that I never I I don't know. I guess I was just young and and stupid. I wasn't like. I got to go to Japan. It just wasn't, I didn't, wasn't thinking about it. And then I got the opportunity to go and I was like, I never want to go anywhere else. This is the wow. only place I ever want to travel. Wow. <laughs> it was really blew my mind. Yeah. And Cheryl Crow, was that a one time or was that multiple shows? It was a, a handful of shows and she's lovely. I mean, I can't, she's just a, a, a wonderful person and, um, she was really kind to me and, and, uh, it's really lovely. It was a great experience, and I'm a huge fan, so it was really fun to, you know, be at her shows, <laughs> you know, <and> listening <laughs> from the wings. It was really, it was really great. And were the shows with her in the U.S., or were those international? Those were in the U.S., yeah. That was like, I think it was like the Midwest. Um, like, I remember there was one in um, Michigan, I think it was in Detroit, Um I think Kid Rock came out. Wow. It's all it's been so long now I'm like, yeah, I think was that a dream? No, that happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, there were some lovely venues, beautiful places that we had to play. Yeah. Nice. It was really fun. Well, combining the talk of live performances with your having talked earlier about the new album of yours that lies ahead, if things cooperate, meaning the coronavirus goes away, yeah. Will there be a tour done? I'm guessing maybe in two thousand twenty two to promote the We Could Be All Right album? Yeah, I would love that. Um, you know, I'm I'm obviously just sort of like waiting to see what all what happens with it. It's you know, at, thinking about putting a record out and not touring behind it seems kind of weird and wrong, you know, because <laughs> these songs are meant to be played live and heard live. So, um at some point or another I will be out there playing these songs, but um awesome. but yeah, definitely gonna wait till it's safe and um and see what I can do digitally or, you know, from my own home mm-hmm. before before that happens. So Well, and as I always say to the audience, all the more reason to follow the guest, in this case, Skylar Fisk, online so you can see when she does start getting some shows booked so you can see where and when you can go see her perform live. Skylar, let's shift over to movie work for just a bit. Your next film that's currently in pre-production is Sam and Kate, which is a coming-of-age family dramedy film that takes place in a small town in the heart of the country. You co-star with Jake Hoffman, and the film also stars 
your real-life mother and his real-life father, the obvious question, <laughs> that dynamic must make for a really nice change on set from other projects. Yes? Yes. I mean, you know, my mom and I, we've done a couple things together, but not really together. Like, I've played um, her as a young, a younger version of herself in a couple things. Um, so we weren't actually, you know, working together. Um, and we've talked about for so long, like how fun would it be if we really got to do something together where we can really like dig in and, and, and work together. Um, and we were just sort of waiting for the right thing. And then this came along and it's, we're so excited about it. And, um, you know, it goes without saying that to be doing it with Dustin and Jake, um, is total thrill and I've known Jake actually for for quite a long time and he's he's a good friend so it's it's nice to sort of be able to have something there to build on it's really nice yeah I was gonna say for it to be not only you and your mom and him and his dad but it to be someone that you already have a relationship with that you say this is someone that I know and not only do we get to act together but we get to act together with our parents this is this is can actually be fun and, and maybe not that I know it's like it's a real pinch me moment and I think about it a lot I'm like god if Jake and I like in our early 20s if we had like known that this was you know in our future we would we probably wouldn't have believed it cuz it just I don't know it just seems like it's such a great project too and um we've had a lot of fun already just sort of like going through the script and and, you know, working on our characters and, um, you know, yeah, so it's exciting. It's very exciting. So Sam and Kate starring Jake Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman, Skylar Fisk, Sissy Spacevac. I'll ask you the same question that I did for the album. Do we know when the movie will come out? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Uh, I don't know. No. <laughs> I never know. <laughs> I never know when they're going to come out. Okay. I would imagine sometime next year. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> For the uninitiated, Sissy Spacek is Skylar Fisk's mom, uh, in case you didn't already know that. Mm -hmm. So, Skylar, some of your past films include Orange County, which starred Colin Hanks and Jack Black, mm -hmm. uh, The Babysitter's Club, you were in Snow Day, Restless, Every Other Holiday. Mm -hmm. Any moments that really stood out to you along the way with those films, be it just a real highlight or, or maybe even something that was a teaching moment for you? Mm. I mean, they've definitely all been teaching moments. Mm. I feel like there hasn't been a project that I have come away from without learning something. Wow. Um, but you know, God, yeah. So two things stand out. I mean, the babysitters club, <laughs> which I did when I was 11, which is crazy. <laughs> um, you know, I had no idea at the time, you know, what a special project that would turn out to be. And it's funny now because it's become sort of like, like almost like a cult classic in a way. Um, because it's, it really impacted people especially girls that were my age at the time that saw it and they're now their kids are watching it and you know it sort of lived on and and the girls the other actresses that were in it you know and all their careers have all gone in really cool directions you know we've all sort of kept in touch and mm. um and it's just fun i just feel like it's probably the thing that people most recognize me from, which sounds crazy because I was such a little yeah, kid then, yeah. but people 
I don't know, they connect to it and they're like, it, it mattered to them. It meant something. Um, so that's been kind of cool. Just like seeing it, that evolution of like, you know, the impact that it's made, but also, you know, looking back at orange County, I was also super young. I was like 17, 18. And, um, I didn't even realize at the time, I mean, I did, but I sort of didn't because, and thankfully I didn't cause I wasn't like totally freaked out that I was getting to work with like every amazing actor person under the sun. <laughs> um, because I mean, I just can't believe how many amazing people were in that from, you know, Jack and Colin, but also, um, Catherine O'Hara and John Lithgow and Kevin Klein and Ben Stiller and Harold Ramis. And, mm. um, I mean, the list goes on and on. Leslie Mann, uh, everybody, I mean, just incredible. Yeah. That, that in itself is, is an impressive list already. I love though, when you talked about the babysitters club that you said, that you're still in touch with a number of them all these years later because you work on so many projects with so many people over the years and, you know, we all, our lives go in different directions. And so it's nice to hear that you're still in touch with a lot of them. Yeah, it, yeah, it is. And over the pandemic, we would all, we'd get on a bunch of Zooms and um, anytime we're all in the same state, we usually get together. And it's fun. It's been, it's, it's been, um, it's nice. It's those friendships that you can go for long periods of time without talking to someone. And when you see them or talk to them, it's like, you know, you're just right back. Yeah. You're right there. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Love when that mm -hmm. happens. It is rare though. Oh, sure. Yeah. But we're, we're grateful and we're blessed to have those ones that, that you are describing. And I think, I think sadly we know it in the moment when we're reconnecting with that person, you know, and, or, like the day before we're going to see them or the day after. Yeah. <laughs> I read that you once said that whenever you, you would go to Los Angeles, you would say, Mom, why can't we just live here? And she would say, Honey, one day you'll thank me. Yeah. Do you think that your music career and your acting career have been more, I'm not sure what word I'm looking for here, enriched, more authentic, less tarnished <laughs> by not living in Los Angeles? I mean, yeah, you know, my mom always said, like, you'll thank me one day. And I was like, no, I won't. I want to live in L.A. Like, you're ruining my career. I was like, you know, six. And uh, and I, she, she was right, of course, like, as usual. Um, I am so grateful for my childhood outside of, of L.A. And I think, you know, I, I probably would have had a great childhood in L.A., but I I feel like there was something about just having a, real a normal semi-normal you know upbringing outside of the craziness of Hollywood and what that all can be I don't know it gave me some real roots it gave me perspective um so that when I was you know ready to go back out to LA to sort of pursue my own dreams I had I had home sort of I still had home somewhere else, which was, yeah. I don't know, just grounding and comforting. And yeah. it was, there's always, you know, there's somewhere to go back to. And, um, and I totally get it now, you know, I'm just, yeah, I'm really thankful. Okay. But we hear all the time about people say in the music and, or the acting world moving to LA, New York or Nashville, for example, mm -hmm. 
Are you a great example of you don't have to be in one of those three markets, or is it a case of, no, 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 Bruce, I, I can't tell people to move or not to move. Everyone's got to decide based on their own situation. Yeah, I mean, I think it's changing. You know, when I was ready to move out to L.A., and, and I did move to L.A. at, you know, God, early. I moved at 17 by myself out there, which is, mm. I think now that's insane. But, um, wow. but you know, I, I did go out there and and sort of pursue it and and it was great, but I feel like now it's different. I mean, I could be wrong and I'm, it's certainly been a minute, but you know, especially with the internet and with, you know, God, I think about like auditions now, they're all like you send in tapes, you know, so things, I mean, yes, there are certain things that you need to be there for. You need to be in the room. You need to connect with people on a certain level, but, but there's so much more available and at, at people's fingertips just because they have, you know, a computer or a phone. And that certainly, I think, for music, you know, just there's so much music out there and there's so many ways to consume it because, you know, God, I think about all the different ways I listen to music and I find music and it's exciting that I feel like artists have a little bit more power, a little bit more control, a little bit, we're less... um, I mean, there's still the big, you know, record companies, of course, but I sure. feel like as a whole, we're less musicians, artists are less dependent on those big mm-hmm, machines. Mm-hmm. There's more like opportunities, you yeah. know? Yeah, nicely yeah. said. And for those of you that are not receiving the weekly e-newsletter or following, say, on Instagram, shame on you. I'm sad. You're making me very upset. Uh, But uh, this episode is being released on September 1st. You would have seen on social media and or in the e-newsletter that I will actually be in Los Angeles September 2nd through the 8th. Always want to meet people. I always want to hear from listeners. You can email podcast at nhte.net. But if you're going to be in the Los Angeles area, I will be there September 2nd to the 8th. I would always love to meet people who listen to the show and get your feedback and that kind of thing. We're going to close today with Skylar's newest single, a song called East Side. Before I let you go and I play that song, Skylar, share with the audience all about this track, please. Oh, man, this is another one that sort of just came out um, pretty quickly. And I wrote it with a, a dear friend of mine, Ryan Lerman, who's an amazing musician and songwriter and um, artist in his own right. And he's definitely worth looking up. Um, he's amazing. He's put out a couple records. Um, but yeah, I just had this idea. Um, we wrote it at his grandparents' house in Orange County. And um, we, I just had this idea about it's it, going back to so many of my things. My songs are about love and longing. And it was the idea of like, you know, a a relationship that wasn't working out, but like sort of grasping at straws of like, well, how can we, how can we fix it? Is there anything we could do? What if we just start over and move to the other side of town and just, Mm. you know, like, could we do it? Is there any way? And then also sort of in the song coming to the realization of like, maybe it's just, maybe I just have to like sit with this and, and let this go. And, and maybe it'll be all right, whatever way it works out, you know. Um, but it's it's another one that I certainly have visuals with when I sing, and um, and it's a 
sort of simple song in a way, but, and especially in the production, but it's, there's something that just, for me, I, it just felt like wrong adding too much to it because it just, I don't know. I just felt like it was sort of powerful in its simplicity. Yeah, and I like that approach because sometimes we get caught up in all the digital tools that we have available to us, and you have to get to the point where you say, wait a minute, am I adding just for the sake of adding because I have these at my disposal, or is this really going to make the song better? So I like that you dialed it back and said, no, you know what? This song is going to be fine on its own. We don't need to go beyond the simple approach. Yeah, it's it's nice. I mean, there's certainly tracks on the record that I experimented a lot with, like, Sure. Drum beats and synthesizers and whatever, and that was really fun too. But sure. But for 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 a different thing. So yeah, this one we just wanted to keep simple. Yeah, and I like the description that you gave because as I listen to you describe what the song is about, I'm sitting here and I'm waiting for East Side to come into play, and I'm thinking, okay, when does the title make sense with what the story is? And then eventually you said, (laughs) what if we move to the other side of town? And I thought, perfect, got it. You know, you you painted a picture for me. (sighs) Oh, I'm glad I could. And I think you said that at some point there will be a video for that song. I sh- yeah, I mean, that's the plan. I hope so. I got, if I can get my act together. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Well, we will look forward to seeing it. We'll look forward to the new album. Congratulations on the single itself. And Skylar, thank you so much for making time to be on Now Hear This Entertainment. Really enjoyed it. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It was fun. My pleasure. Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player, and actress Skylar Fisk. Do visit her official website at SkylarFisk.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Be sure, too, that you engage with Skylar on social media, meaning follow her on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I did all three of those myself this morning, and I'm sure that she would appreciate it if you would do the same. For that matter, tell Skylar that you heard her and her music. I now hear this entertainment. Remember that while you can certainly follow her on Spotify as well, the better way to support Skylar is to purchase downloads of her music from iTunes and other online digital retailers. On that note, keep up with her online for news that she puts out about her forthcoming album, which will be titled We Could Be All Right. And don't forget about the new website that I have just launched at interviewtipscourse.com. Get on there to start into learning how to not only find more interview opportunities, but more importantly, how to maximize those so that you get a better return on the time you invest getting booked for and then actually being a guest on radio, TV, podcast, and other interviews. There are close to 30 tips that I've presented in the course, along with corresponding documents you can download for handy reference, plus the module with more than 15 different sources to get leads to potentially get more interviews. Again, that's interviewtipscourse.com. Get started now. That will do it for episode 395. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Skylar Fisk. This is the one she just talked about called East Side. Don't say your name. I tried to forget your number. If I say I'm okay, maybe one day I will be. Maybe I just need a rock to live under I'm tired of thinking, but if you're thinking
Just let go.